listeners, maybe you picked this up last week, but we're doing something new with the podcast. We are combining forces with the If We Were Writing podcast made by the Feisty team. And so what's going to happen is if you want to keep getting this triathlonish podcast, you need to go over to the Feisty Iron Women feed. We'll include it in the show notes and subscribe there because we'll be consolidating all triathlon news, triathlon-ish news onto that feed. So the Iron Women feed on the Feisty uh, media team. What we're going to do with this podcast is I will be co-hosting with Sarah True now, a kind of rotating panel of guests, and we'll still have Sid Talks come in and do her, or we'll still have Laura Sidall come in and do her Sid Talks segment of all the latest news on triathlon, and then we'll talk about, you know, all the other things kind of going on in the triathlon-ish world. Uh, we will be posting the first few episodes for the next few weeks here of the new joint If We Were Writing podcast. You are listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. Okay, we made it to week two of our new group ride. How is everybody feeling? I hear Jocelyn broke another tape this past weekend. It was a Mother's Day 5K. What does that entail? It was a lot of families and moms and strollers. And my daughter and husband came. Uh, My daughter, who's two and a half, hates when I race. (laughs) She just does. She's very clingy. She doesn't want to be away from me. And I was, my husband's like, won't you just push her in the stroller for the race? I was like, all I want for Mother's Day is to be able to run 20 minutes by myself. <laughs> That's all you want for Mother's Day. That's all I want for Mother's Day. Just let me run my freaking 5K. <laughs> Did you guys get what you wanted for Mother's Day, Sarah, Khadija? Yes. I went. And rode, and then I parked by the lake, and I watched water pass by. <laughs> that's that's all you wanted was to watch some water. I just I think she just wanted quiet, yeah. solitude. Alone. Oh, alone okay, alone time. Solitude. I don't need flowers. I don't need candy. I don't need breakfast in bed. Just give me a protein shake. Let me work out, and then let me sit by the lake and watch water go by. That sounds pretty similar. I just went and exercised and took a nap. Um, but really, there was nothing different. No. I went down this total rabbit hole of like the whole breakfast in bed thing okay. um, and how it basically was invented uh, oh. by the media. Yeah, because, um, well, I'm just going to get into it now. Okay. So yeah. I think it's like- Go down the, that hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going, I'm going. Like in the 1930s, it started getting publicized because it was a uh, it was a way for women 
who weren't upper class to feel upper class for a very small portion of their lives because at that time like you would have if you were a fancy rich lady you would have your servant bring you food to your chambers not in bed because you would have like a little table and everything um but yeah it very interesting that that it was it's totally a creation based on like social classes and uh like weird aspirations like i went down the mother's day hole and that started as like a two women started to honor their mom it was supposed to be a way to like give back to other and more unfortunate women and like a day of service to like help women and uh and now that's not so much what it is one thing if you go to um a historically black university you'll never forget when graduation is because it is always on mother's day they don't even tell you the date they just tell you graduation is on mother's day why is that that is so interesting yeah i don't know when the tradition started but that is the tradition i had no idea oh thank you i learned something today. i learned something i'm so pumped (laughs) but it's not staggered then if you have two or more kids going to separate hcbus that's that's that is true but Mm. yeah Huh. Yep. And my oldest son was born on Mother's Day. So I celebrate Mother's Day on his birthday, regardless of what day it falls. Oh, that's in- oh, I see. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. See, we're going to learn so many things today. See, coming up today, <laughs> <laughs> coming up on the show today, we are going to talk about all the races coming up. We, uh, we have, we have two of our, two of our group ride are going to be together in person. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, our sports on the, on the TV, on the media, what drives us crazy. And then we're going to have our Sid Talk segment, all the races that happened this past weekend, and our advice for other people racing, all coming up on today's show. All right, so I was all excited about my racing, but I hear Khadija and Sarah are both going to be racing in the same place this weekend. Yeah, we're going to be in Chattanooga together. So Sarah... Last year, I kept on racing and not telling her that I was going to race. So I feel like I'm jinxing myself by admitting that I'm going to travel tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm flying to Atlanta. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'll head up to Chattanooga. But yeah, it's a local race for Khadija. I'm I'm doing a bit more traveling to get there. Uh, It's kind of a stopover in a weird way because I have to go to Germany next week. So... Uh, so I do like the Zwift Tri Academy. I'm, I'm the mentor and we're having a camp over there. Um, we could talk about, I could talk about that later, but, uh, yeah, if I'm going to basically, it is hard enough for me to get to the airport from where I live. I'm like, ah, might as well race on the way because that's like half of day of travel. This makes sense. So, it seems logical. Yeah. It totally makes sense to me. Um, so I'm I'm like piggybacking a race on top of my week in Germany. I also think you're screwed because old Sarah, who used to host this with you, never looked at Startless, and I look at Startless like all the time. So I'm always going to be like Sarah, we're on the Startlist. Uh, good point. Good point. Yeah. But Khadija, I, you're right. You're driving your van. Yes, I'm driving my van, and I'm going to be parked in the parking lot. <laughs> like, do yes. you sleep in it? And yes. Then I'm like, ah. Yes, I, I'm in the white kidnapper van. And um, there's a gentleman there who does bike support and bike transport. He's been at a, quite a few races that I go to. And he 
lives out of his van too. So the running joke is, yes, that some races we sleep together. I was like, oh my God. It's really... So before before we started recording, you told me just to knock on the van and say hi, but I could rock on the van. It could be some random guy and not you. Is well, no, 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 he's... <laughs> He's in a totally different van. Okay. But all you said was now in the van. Which van? And the the van will say disc on the front. Okay. Okay. All right. 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 At least that you'll know. It'll say disc on the front. Is his also a kidnapper white van? No, his has got all kinds of stuff all over it. Okay. Sarah's just going to be going around knocking on creepy vans. It's a white van. Yeah. (laughs) You have a visitor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, um, for training for like long training weekends and races that are close by, I just drive up and travel in my van. Even when I went to Texas for, um, the age group, uh, multi-sport festival, mm-hmm. I drove to Texas and parked across the street and it was fun. Cause I just opened up the door, get to enjoy mm-hmm. seeing everybody else racing while I wait- waited for my races. And it was kind of the, <clears throat> kind of the, um, tent as you would say for the the disc team, they would come in there and rest and take naps, you know, between their races and everything. So how big is it? It's just a regular ProMaster cargo van. It was uh, the COVID project for um, me, me and the twins. They uh, sized out the solar system and um, I did all the woodworking and everything. Like I actually put the solar system in. I didn't let 12 year olds put the solar but they it was their science project to map out you know how many watts this needs to be how many watts this needs to be size that's battery. awesome because you're you're an engineer right yes I'm a mechanical engineer uh-huh. yeah so Amazing. it was fun it was fun my neighbors were wondering why I was cutting a hole in the top of my brand new cargo van. <laughs> It sounds way beyond me. I'm all like, where's the closest Marriott? And I will stay there. And that's about it. It was a lot of fun. We're out. We're outside people. It just, it does not, it's definitely not for everyone, but it works for us. So. Jocelyn, are you racing too this weekend? Are we all racing this weekend? No, I am traveling with a two and a half year old toddler. That's racing. And uh, I guess it's going to be an endurance event because it's, you know, five to six hour flight and we're going to have to bring snacks, all kinds of snacks. I was going to mention about allergy season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got allergies on full force. So I did send a message to her pediatrician saying kind of like, what kind of allergy medicine do you recommend? Do some of the make her drowsy? Also, we're going to be on a cross country flight. Like, you know, are you picking up what I'm putting down? (laughs) I think I could recommend some. Yeah. I think I have a whole (laughs) stack here. You can have some. Is this the first time you've flown with her? No, we went last year um, when she was only 15 months, I think. So she had just started to walk and was much less rowdy and rambunctious. And now, now I'm just trying to make sure she doesn't run away from me in the airport. Nice. And wants to stay seated in her seat on the airplane. Maybe she'll be asleep half the time, knocked out on allergy medicine. We'll see. Are you guys, um, are allergies really bad? Are you able to train through allergies, right? Like when they're really bad? Because I basically like lose the will to move. I don't, I don't think I really have allergies. Just to cats. And cats aren't like, you know, pollinating. 
so I'm okay outside. I I just reset my expectations if I know I'm like really congested. Yeah. Or I mentioned I have a chlorine sensitivity. If I'm like anywhere where I'm gonna chafe is like irritated, I just lube up. I mean, half a jar of Vaseline. My allergies aren't as bad as like daycare illnesses. So, mm. so thank God. So I just figure out like, apparently Zyrtex been really kind to me, but yeah, just yesterday it was like nonstop dripping and sneezing and grossness. It like starts bad here and there's pollen and everyone's, and then there's something that for like two days, there's something very specific that I'm very, very allergic to. And I don't know what it is. I've like done all the Googling and it's like, cause it's after everybody else. And it's like, just a couple days, but it's like, I can't, I mean, I can't do it. But, and then I tried to swim and the chlorine was all off that day too, Khadija. The chlorine was super high and I had mm-hmm. really bad. And I was just like, yeah. Oh man, it's terrible. So I Kelly, I, I want to ask you, how do you feel about this race coming up? <laughs> that I'm doing? <laughs> are you, are you setting expectations for us? Oh, no, I had <laughs> What race is it? We don't, oh, I, I, I'm doing the new Morro Bay race, which is the new one out here in California. Okay. And so it's kind of, we don't have that many big races in California left. Um, so it's sort of like everyone's doing it, which is why I decided to do it. And Morro Bay, if you, you don't know, but it's like on the coast, central coast. So it's also like a big vacation destination. So we're going camping after, like, it's like, I'm taking a vacation, right? So I'm mostly still doing it because of all those things. Um, but yeah, my expectations, Sarah, are not... Well, I, I'm just wondering if this like discussion of allergies. Oh no, is this was to, not me. This, know, is, this is not me. Uh, preempting. Seating. No, my preemptive is like <laughs> I literally have not biked this far in like a year. I may it's like a straight up participation event. <laughs> like I'm not sure what's gonna happen. <laughs> Respect. So, is this yeah. one replacing Wildflower? Because Morove is not too far from like Pas Robles. It's like sort of the same time, sort of the same place, but Iron Man. So, but we right. we lost. I don't know. Okay, maybe this is a new topic. I tell me how your guys are. We lost like all of our regional races out here, like all those like mid sized kind of big events. Like we don't have any left in Northern California. I literally was sitting at my computer googling cool races July. Like I, there's nothing to do. Do you guys still have big like races around you? I think everything's gravel now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we just have a lot of gravel events near us. Yeah. yeah. So you're up in New Hampshire. Um, Mid-Atlantic, we actually do have a lot of smaller local races, mm. which are, you know, easier to break the right, tape at. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta has a big triathlon community. There aren't, there aren't any 70.3s, but there's lots of sprints and um, Olympics. There's a um, Georgia multi-sports. And I forgot the other, try the parks are too big. Oops, I'm sorry. My alarm is going off. Um, too big. That's my prayer alarm. Um, the, um, the try the parks are too serious. They've been going on for years, but there's no, like, there used to be a 70.3. That, uh, Wait, was it? Yes. Yeah. Did, did you know I went to Georgia Tech for grad school? Oh, nice. Okay. My brother went to Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I spent a couple of years in Atlanta triathloning and yeah, I did do that half Ironman in Macon, Macon, Georgia. What, what year did you do it? (laughs) Oh, is it like 2014? Oh no. Way before that. I graduated in 06. So I was, I did it in 2005. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, I love, I love that course because the bike course was really hard and I loved it. 
I loved it. Mm-hmm. I hated the run because I was felt like I was on the surface of the sun. But um, the I loved the bike course. I love uh, races with hard bike courses. They had cute awards too. I think it Did was it? called, was it Rock and Roll Man? Yeah, and you got the guitars. Yeah, so you the- got this cute little miniature guitar. Yeah. If you want an award, it's adorable. Yeah, I love that race. It's the first, one of the first races I did a relay and um, I raced with two other women and we beat out all guys. It was, like a, it was a slow clap when we went to the podium. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I feel like those are the races you still need. You need those like local races and we, yeah, we don't have, we don't have any left. It's kind of, they're all gravel, like Sarah said. Well, they got all eaten up by Iron Man. Like, you know, I grew yeah. up in the Bay Area. What what used to be the Santa Cruz 70.3 yeah. uh, was the big kahuna. That was one of my first half Ironmans. Mm-hmm. Everything's also gravel. It's very trendy. And I just can't get into gravel. I don't know if you guys are into gravel. Mm-mm. I've never done a gravel race. No. Mm-mm. No new bikes. No new anything while we're paying for daycare. We, we we can we can spin this off into a whole nother segments, but okay. I have I have thoughts on gravel. I have opinions on gravel, but yeah, we have other things to talk about today. We have other things to talk about. That's true. <laughs> we promised Jocelyn we would talk about the Netflix show Beef. <laughs> yes, because it's Asian American Pacific Islander Month, and so uh, my request was that we talk about beef which i think last week was like the number one show on netflix and you specifically so you and sarah have watched it i watched it. there's specifically some cycling scene that is bothering the two of you <laughs> okay jocelyn do you want to give a a, a brief overview of the show so yes place the scene <laughs> okay okay so the premise of the show is that there's two strangers played by um Steven Yun, who's the who played Glenn for seven seasons of The Walking Dead, and a lot of people, including myself, stopped watching when he got killed off. And then Ali Wong, who's known as the comedian lady on Netflix who did two Netflix specials while super pregnant. So they're two strangers. They get into this road rage incident and just become mortal enemies. And like, kind of, I call it road rage gone psycho because they end up like, stalking each other's families like um amy the woman catfishes the other guy's younger brother and then the scene we're talking about is when the guy that's glenn from the walking dead um finds amy's husband george and go ahead sarah you continue okay okay Okay. so he he rides up to george like on a bike and on a bike and george is like all like rafa kitted out he's on a a a trek slr nine i think okay to be specific you know to be specific whites i if i remember correctly it it definitely stood out where i'm like okay somebody knew about cycling when they dressed him right they did not know about cycling when he started riding Uh. um number one so he's just like standing up on his bike, no movement of the bike underneath. It was very awkward. But then, uh, so so the character played by by Glenn, uh, who what, what he he pretends is, he's basically going to catfish this guy. Mm-hmm. His name's Zane. Uh, but oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> so what he's wearing? Okay, pock helmet. 
you know, solid. But the rest of the 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 bike like does not add up. The the outfit does not add up. Where where basically they're like trying to make it seem as though he would just automatically fit into this Rafa Trek SLR nine world. And come on, we know better. Cyclists are snobs. They yes. would they would see right through this guy's outfit. There's so they're just so there's, there's so, so much, much. and just like the guy we call him Glenn. That's not his name no. on the show, but we call him Glenn because <laughs> it's Glenn from The Walking Dead. He's like supposed to be this poor depressed guy, and sure, poor depressed guys can be cyclists too. But he had to really stalk Amy's husband to know like what route he's in that he's super into cycling but also fake it enough that he could just ride up to this guy and it's I don't think there was any indication that he really worked out other than lifting weights with his brother and I'm like the other guy's super fit and then like Glenn just shows up and is like and Kelly you you lived in SoCal but he mentions like some route in SoCal that's probably like I don't know I, I would say like Topanga Canyon, something like that. I think that's it was thing. Topanga. That's a, that's, I think a, that's a real route. Or, that's a thing. Or, okay. or Latigo. Like Latigo is a real one. Yeah. One yeah. of the standard LA routes. Right, right. Right. And he's just like, yeah, that's where I'm going too. And then they just ride together and end up becoming BFFs. And Does that like, not happen on your bike rides all the time. Well, okay. I'm going back to the cyclists are snobs thing. Uh-huh. And this guy's just wearing like a, a t-shirt, basically, like a long sleeved athletic shirt. It's not a bike jersey. So you're saying if someone rode up to you in a long sleeve t-shirt, you wouldn't be friends with them? This is what I'm hearing. What? No, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that a somebody who is like super snobby, which is which is what uh the husband's character, George, is supposed to be kind of. Um He's like rich, kind of rich, and like you would think a little elitist, but he's also kind of a dum dum. Okay. Yeah, but, but you also, think he wouldn't be friends. But also absolutely lovely, and I think he came across as the best character in the show. But that's beside the point. Side. Um, <laughs> like he's, I remember in the scene, uh, this Zane guy is talking about. Yeah, I I used to ride carbon, but now I ride aluminum. Uh. <laughs> the the, the the whole th- oh yeah, I used to have that bike, but now I've downgraded to what we can only presume a guy who is not frequently employed, uh, who does not ride bikes. Like I, I'm guessing it's a bit of a downgrade. Uh, whatever bike he found, road bike he found, to be able to try to catfish this character. Okay, we are totally digressing. Jocelyn. We are like all the way down a hole okay. now. But yeah, so your issue is that it was not believable is what I'm taking. Not believable. Not believable. Well, and the name Zane. Okay, that's like, the main issue? Okay. <laughs> I did have a problem with that. He's Korean American, like in his 30s. And Zane is just, it's not. <laughs> so that's also not believable. Okay. Yeah. It's not believable. What, what is super believable is... LA guy who is George, like Asian LA guy in Rafa Trek bike looking good. Like I have seen that in LA. Like totally. Yes, absolutely. That part's believable. It's it's the I think cyclists are super snobby and they would not befriend some guy in like 
you know, a, an aluminum bike that he just found at the side of the road. Maybe LA cyclists he, are a lot more open-minded than you're giving them I, credit for. You know what? I'm saying hogwash on that <laughs> one. I just didn't believe that Glenn was in shape enough to keep up with George. Yeah, George is way fit. George is way fit, but maybe we're, you know, maybe Glenn is just a gifted cyclist and he didn't know. But also, if he had kept cycling, maybe he wouldn't be so depressed and continue down the whole beef storyline, you know? So what shows or movies then do you think have been realistic about cycling? Okay, I so I had this idea that which I'm never going to do is basically like an account blasting every single media depiction of running, swimming, or biking sure. that is very incorrect. The swimming drives me nuts. Absolutely drives me nuts. Or running too, where there will be a TV show or a movie. And if this person is supposed to be like high school state champion. And you see their form and you're like, yes. 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 Did no. you ever see Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? <laughs> no. What's her name? The um the actress that is now married to Ryan Reynolds. This is just going to become a podcast of Jocelyn <laughs> describing TV shows to us. <laughs> and I don't watch TV, so I'm sitting here like, like what I have are no you idea. So here's the question, Sarah. If you started this thing that blasted all inaccurate or all inaccurate pictures, who has done it? Like, is there any that would make your like thumbs up list? Everyone's I'll like, have- no. I'll have to get that. back to you. Have you ever seen, and now we're going to, the Hawaii Five O, where the triathletes rob a bank and they do it during a triathlon in their aero helmets? Is that <laughs> the best version of it? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Wow. There, there's not a lot of triathlon in TV the, or in movies. No. And the best part is they go, but how could they do it? And then they go, oh, because they're triathletes. That's not- <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right, Khadija, if you don't watch TV, what do you watch on the trainer? I watch uh, Netflix shows, um, YouTube videos. One of the, you're gonna laugh because running is my least favorite discipline, but I actually watch videos of marathons while I'm yeah. on the trainer or when I'm running. Oh, like the race, uh, yeah, the race recordings. Yeah, I literally, I don't know why I find it interesting. I just do. Well, if you have Netflix, watch watch this show. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote it. Good. Then next week you can come back and scene by scene describe a different episode to us, and then we'll just get all of the episodes. No, (laughs) no. Okay, you guys. By next week, you have to at least watch through episode nine because Sarah, that was the panic room scene, and I am still traumatized. Yeah, we're just. This is now going to be a beef recap show. Where's the beef? This will change the name of the show to Where's the Beef? Given that it is May and Mm -hmm. that we are celebrating AAPI month, uh, I do love that this show kind of blows up stereotypes a bit. And it shows like really complete characters. And I think that's a that's a huge positive. Like it's really well written show. And I just love I love that it is show like. Yeah, whoever wrote it, awesome job, great d- directing. I think Ali wrong. I think Ali Wong wrote it. Right. All I know is they need somebody on set who knows a little something about cycling. 
That's my that's my that's my beef with that's your beef. Okay. That would be a cool <laughs> job, actually, to be the like endurance sports consultant on yes. TV shows. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break and get Sid Talks recap of the news of the week, and then we will talk about our advice for upcoming races and Sarah's mystery question to close it all out all right we're back with sid talks because we think that we like you and i are sitting here thinking there's not much racing and actually there's lots and lots and lots of racing. i was like oh yeah we'll just be reviewing like wts in yokohama and and things and you know ironman lanzarote is this weekend and then suddenly we like pull up the list and it's like stacked start lists of the championships and loads of races in Europe and races over in the States and a lot of people racing and, and like backing up loads of people have stayed, like obviously those people that made the trip to Europe for the PTO have then decided to make it worthwhile and do back-to-back race weekends. And then almost similar in the, in the U S those people who have committed to staying Mm -hmm. here are just sort of, yeah, loading up. And I feel, I feel like I should be racing again. (laughs) I feel like I haven't raced for ages. Uh, do you remember oh. when we used to think you couldn't do back-to-back-to-back races? I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. But first, this past weekend was, like you said, Yokohama, second of the WTCS. There's only seven WTCS races. Anyway, it's a big deal. They're a big deal. They're the cha- C stands for championship, championship series. It's a big deal. And uh, I know it was late for you as you didn't wa- and you don't have a, a, a triathlon live, um, but it was pouring rain. Like, yeah. But I think that hasn't that been before in Japan, like at the Japanese races, it's not uncommon for it to be. I mean, the Olympics, wasn't that like the the women's races? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But it was pouring rain so hard. The feed went out just at the end of the women's race. (laughs) Oh, and again, typically. Oh, how convenient. Isn't that always the way? We're really sorry. The feed's just gone out at the women's race. But that was particularly sad, given that. Sophie Caldwell took her first WTCS win and, you know, didn't, didn't get to I think, I think she's one of those athletes that everyone's just super happy to see her win. Like she's been chipping away. And I think she's been in the shadows of like Jess and Georgia Taylor Brown for the last couple of years. And even with Beth Potter sort of um, rising up the last few years. And so she sort of got onto the podium last year. And then I think this year um, or, or in Yokohama last weekend, taking the win and the style that she did it like running away on the 10K when people have sort of probably maybe thought she was a swim swim biker. So that was super exciting. Um, and then we had a, a new another new up and coming, I guess, Rosa Vidal from Mexico coming in second. And then it was great to see Taylor Nib um, coming in third um, on her return to racing. But I think, like we were saying off air, it just throws more spanners in the works of for the British and the US selection teams for Paris next year. Like Gwen and, and um, uh, Katie's first weren't even racing. And yet you had, what was it, four US women and like Spivey was fourth. And then you'd got uh, Nib was third, obviously, and Kirsten Casper and Rappaport. Yeah, just crazy, crazy. Names. I believe all five of the Americans were top. 18 or top 17 yeah. and then on the british side yeah the year they went one and five yeah. um and then you also have on the british side now you have two different brits who have won the first two wtcs races and that doesn't count the defending olympic silver medalist yes. who's like a little out of shape right now yeah it appears and so you're like well and then like you said like katie's affairs was racing for points down in south america and gwen jorgensen was on the waiting list like standing behind the start line in yokohama hoping somebody wouldn't start and so yeah i don't know I feel like we should just make our bets right now. Who do you think's gonna 
Who do you think is going to make it? No chance. Yep. No chance. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I can do. I I still think the Brits they'll pick Beth, Beth Potter, Georgia Taylor Brown, and Sophie. I think. I I think. Don't know. Let's see how Kate like you know great race for Kate War and if she carries on that season, maybe she's yeah maybe she's the one that they need to be watched out for. She, the thing is, she can certainly swim. Like right. she's that front pack swimmer. So yeah, uh, the Americans. I wouldn't the Americans, have a clue, I feel like your heart, numbers, my your numbers... heart would break for Taylor Spivey. Right. That's what I was gonna say. It's like you feel like odds bet wise, you're like it's Taylor, Taylor, and Katie. But yeah. you don't know. Taylor Spivey has been the most consistent. I, I, she has been the most consistent U.S. athlete, like for the last several years. But it's always that third, fourth kind of spot. But she is always there, whereas the others are up and down. Are up and down, but they're the ones maybe winning. And so, and she's missed out a few times. And I would love to see her take that oh, yeah. spot and get selected. And I think for the mixed team relay, she that's where her definitely like, she has a strength there as well. Here's a question for you even though I said we're going to keep the short. If, as someone who has been on podiums in pro races, if you're always third and fourth, you obviously have the ability to be first, right? Like your physical ability. Is it all in your head then? Is it a mental thing where you like, (laughs) what do you think? (laughs) This is a very poignant question with me coming up to a race in two weeks. So I'm going to divert this question and go uh, in controvert, not in, in, um, Going to the other extreme, on the men's side, the British men and the US men seem to be missing in action <laughs> compared to the women's side. The yeah. um the American men looked like they were doing well. They were in, I mean, it was one giant group. And yeah, I saw Morgan in there off the bike. And then I, I mean, I understand like he's just not in shape. He said it just like pulled up slightly injured and yeah. like ran a ran a 35-minute 10K. Um yeah. but Seth Ryder, like, I mean, anyway, there were they were in there, but yeah, it's more like a development. Yeah, it's just, and it, but it's the same on the British side. Like, I mean, um, oh gosh, memory blank. Who's who's our British? Who races with Hayden? Ah, who's our British number one male? Your British number one male? I don't know. I don't keep track of the British men. <laughs> like, oh my god, why have I just got a memory blank? <laughs> Hayden, he's racing in um, the race next weekend. Oh god, I can see him. Tom Lee. Fish- no. No, who came second at the Olympics? Alex Yee. Alex Yee. Okay. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> god, I am so sorry, Alex Yee. This is training brain for you. I thought you were talking about oh, up and coming. No, anyway, no, Alex no. Yee. Alex is Yee is quite good. Yes. Yeah, but he wasn't racing, is what I was saying. Um, yes. And I don't know if he's sort of, he's just delaying coming back, ready and timing it for the test event. He will go head to head, I think, with Hayden Wild, who won in Yokohama in a couple of weeks um but yeah Hayden Hayden won Wild won and then Matt Hauser for Oz which is really great for Oz they've been a bit of a drought on the medals I guess at WTS last few years and then Vasco from Portugal who's kind of I think I think you were saying like just 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 like slowly I thought he was coming on like 2021 yeah Yeah. and then now he's here um and then, yeah, like you said, I mean, Georgia Taylor Brown, uh, rate, sorry, Beth Potter didn't race. Georgia, Ye, Alex, he didn't race. Um, Beth Potter didn't race. There were a number of bigger because they're moving the, the, the circuit, the series moves to Italy next in two weeks. So a lot, like some of the European athletes are like, I'm just going to hit it up when it gets back over here. Yeah. Cause then there's a lot of racing and they want to like stay focused. That's it. And like on the men's side, I mean, like Christian, um, in fact, he came eighth, I think we said. Um, to be fair, like given the fact that he 
pulmerized himself at the PTO champs yeah. one week before, then traveled and then is expected to find three extra gears to race. I mean, I, I think that's a fairly reasonable result considering he's dipping in both. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's Christian doing Christian, right? Like, yeah. we're going to have to see how it comes down when it's down to it, you know? I mean, don't be fooled when it comes down to it and the full focus on is on Paris. Like, I would not be underestimating them. If you watch the race, he came out of the swim like 40 something seconds down, which is quite a lot in Olympic yeah, racing. 30, yeah. And he just got on the bike and like hammered and then hammered all the way up to the group, driving people with him, hammered all the way through the group, got to the front, just kept hammering. And it was like completely strung out in the pouring rain. And like every time they hit a turn, you'd hear like all the brakes screaming. It was, yeah. And he was just like smiling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and then obviously another person that wasn't racing was Flora Duffy. And if you anyone was following social media, she did announce she's been struggling, unfortunately, with a knee injury and focuses to get back for the test event in Paris. And obviously for next year is the main next aim. Year. So she's not yeah. rushing to rushing to get back. Um, yeah. yeah, she did some of the commentary over the weekend, too. And I thought she did quite well. It is nice when you have a commentator. I mean, I don't think I think the commentary is usually fine on a lot of these races, but it is always nice. And you can tell when the very recent athletes are commentating because they can spot people literally in wetsuits. Yeah, know and it's so suit. hard with WTS because it's kind of fast and furious and everyone's kind of clumped together. So having that insight and someone who knows is is really good. The other race this past weekend was Gulf Coast 70.3. And like you mentioned, some of the Americans, um, the Gulf Coast was only a men's race. This upcoming weekend is Chattanooga 70.3, which is only a women's race. And so a lot of the Americans who stayed over here or North Americans and did St. George last weekend then backed it up with Gulf Coast this weekend, or they're doing Chattanooga next weekend. And yeah. so you got the Sam and Lionel and Jackson show again. Exactly. Those three kind of start. Well, I mean, you kind of feel there's this, you know, rivalry that everyone wants to see and they keep matching them up. But to be honest, at the moment, Sam is looking pretty dominant on that fight. And, um, you know, he's coming out the water a lot higher than I think people are expecting. And he's just demolishing on the bike and then running the fastest split off the bike. like. He ran quite fast, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So, and then this upcoming weekend, yeah, like we were saying, oh you and I were like, oh, there's nothing really happening this weekend. And my my prep was really shit because I was yeah. like, oh, it's fine. It's just WTS. Yeah. So I'll just yeah. like review yeah. that. And then it was like, oh my God, there's a shit. There's actually a bunch. And so like we were saying over here in the US is uh, all the women are racing Chattanooga 70.3 and like all of those big names that stayed over here for St. George, um, Jeannie Metzler, uh, Sky Munch, uh, Jackie, Jackie Herring, Herring, Paula are, Finley throw in there. Well, she came back from Ibiza and I think yeah. and she hinted on her like video that she was trying to decide if she was oh, going to okay. race her, but, if, it, you know, if it was race week or not. You know, let's say Danielle Lewis put that hair mm-hmm. in there. Jeannie Metzler, uh, did you say her? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a load of, I think that's going to be a real interesting race again. Um you know, a few of those athletes have raced, raced each other a couple of times now, so they're getting a little bit familiar. So maybe that changes dynamic. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how. how it's also going to be hot, I think. Yeah. And then and then obviously there's the athletes who stayed over in Europe and they're just banging out races in Europe. And so you get there's like a as I was, there's a 70.3 at any given time somewhere happening in the world. That's just like. And that and like also there's like challenge races happening all right. over the place as well. I mean they don't they don't get as much coverage unfortunately, but you know there's still some. There's so a lot the of challenge that, championship is this weekend too. Well, there's a cha- there was a challenge race this weekend, and a lot of people backed up. You know, backing up from PTO to challenge to the other Ironman races this weekend, and then yes, we have the challenge championship this weekend. Um, 
which again sort of match up from the men's from the PTO. You've got Aaron Royal, Freddie Funk, who had that flat tire in PTO. So I think he's going to be firing. Clement Mignon recently, world champ for long course. Uh, Peter Heimrich had a great race. Matt Hansen's traveling over. Tom Bishop, you know, there's a David McNamee and Yuri. I think there's a oh the other one I was going to say Nicholas Mann. He won a he won a race Marbella um, same weekend as PTO. So it's a super flat course. Um, oh, is, so it, it be, is it in Samarin again? In like yeah, the it's in Samarin, yeah. The the dome, the yeah. biosphere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then on the women's side, like again, sort of Fenella, Sarah Perez, Indy Lee, I think is one to watch. Um, Lucy Byram, hopefully, like I think she was a bit sick going into PTO and didn't finish. So I'm really excited to watch her and get in the mix. Imogen Simmons returns, so that's exciting. And then right, you've got I would like to see her back. Yeah, and then Marjorie Pellet again, world champion, long course. Um, Sarah Spence was second at that. So again, like really solid, um, solid start list for the challenge championships, which is what again, it's it's a big race. It what it should it's a big be. Race. It's a hundred euro race. I do wonder, yeah. are all these people going to get some training in at some point in between no, all these just, races? I think they're just racing, they're just racing. Race. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. and they'll tire themselves out they'll before too long. Good, good. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, like you mentioned, and we're not going to dwell on it because we're getting down on our time, but there are 270.3s in Europe too. Yeah. The one I can't pronounce in Germany. Uh, Krakow or Krakow. something like that. I something think that's, like that. I think I've butchered that. And the one in France, which I also can't pronounce. Can't pronounce, right. But you've Pays got... Days Pays days. But you've got like Laura Phillip headlining the one in mm-hmm. Germany. Um, and then the one in France, like Emma Pallant, Tamara Jewett. Now that could be a really interesting matchup. Sure. Um, Emma and Tamara, um, neither on this can then, yeah, not as much. I mean, and the big news, of course, because it's always the biggest news in a triathlon is that Lucy Charles Barkley can't get her visa oh, yeah, that's to right. go to Germany because of Brexit. And this is what the biggest cost of Brexit. There you go. It was funny because someone was asking me a few, someone had mentioned that a few months ago in terms of, um, Hey, how does your visa work in Europe? And I'm like, well, I'm a Spanish resident, uh, probably not for long anymore, but um, <laughs> right. I, I am at the moment. Um, and hence, I don't have to abide by the 90 days um, that you're only allowed to be in Europe at a time. So, yeah. So, I mean, look, yeah, that German race. So let's say Lucy's scratched, but Laura Phillip, Ellie Salthouse, Nikki Bartlett, mm-hmm. Danielle Blymel, uh, okay. and visit. Like, again, like legit solid athletes there. Um, the men's side, Patrick Langer. So it'd be interesting to see him if he's back. If he's from... back, back. Yeah, Maurice Clavel. Not, it doesn't look as actually deep on the men's side. Um, the women's side's definitely got, yeah. Drink we should have field. a segment. We should have a segment every week called Which is Better? The men's is or better. the women's field. <laughs> Strength of field 73 for the women, for the men, sorry, and 84 for the women. So definitely, but that's with, that's with Lucy and so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyway, um, there we go. Well, um, there's lots of racing, lots and lots of, and then of course, obviously, like you keep it, the next weekend is your mm-hmm. big race, and so we will have a break from Sid talks next week because Sid will be in Brazil and I will be in the trees somewhere camping, and then you'll you'll come back afterwards and tell us how amazing Ironman Brazil was. How it was hopefully, great. Hopefully. hopefully, yes, yeah. All right. Well, good luck, Sid. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you all, I am going to assume that you did not stay up till 2 a.m. and watch Yokohama this weekend, but it was pouring rain on these poor racers, and I got so nervous for them. Do you guys Do you guys race in the rain? I mean, I used to, but now it just makes me so nervous. Um, I mean, if it's raining 
and I'm signed up, then I do it. And then you do it. I actually did not one time. I actually did not start. Like, <laughs> no, no, seriously. Well, it was like a, it was like one of those, like, um, you know, the crazy big storms we got out here with like the wind and like trucks blowing out. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is no. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to, right. then don't. I respect that. Uh, I have raced in all sorts of conditions, mm-hmm. but I also think, you know, I kind of have to, so. <laughs> it's your job, kind of, kind of. I also think it always, they were racing in Yokohama this weekend, and maybe Sarah, I feel like it always rains in Yokohama. I feel like it. It rains a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's not mild rain. It's torrential downpours. Um, yeah. And, and so draft legal is so different from non-draft because the safety issue is, you know, it's real. Uh, the bike handling, that's a, it's a totally different world. Um, and you have athletes who are, are racing for money. They're racing for Olympic points slots. So people are going to take more risks. Um, so that's a totally different that's a totally different perspective when you're thinking of it in that those terms. Uh you know, if you if you train in it, you're okay racing in it. And I think that's where it comes down to a lot of people just don't like training in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um so they don't feel comfortable racing in the rain. So, I guess to think of it like you know, you just got to get out there in all sorts of conditions and you'll be comfortable with all sorts of conditions racing. I used to like, obviously we don't get snow in the Bay area. We get like 40 degree rain. And so I used to ride in the rain all the time. And there's like only so many times you can get hypothermia. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, cause like 40 degree rain is actually the fucking worst. Like it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. And so then like, I just don't, I, I'm like, Sarah, I'm retired. I'm not doing this anymore. Totally. I get it. <laughs> like the day I stop racing and i have gotten a lot softer over the years where i'm like eh, i can just ride on the trainer on so that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. i hear you yeah i remember training and we did some training camps in thailand when it was like tropical storms torrential downpours and it's like you got your five-hour ride and you just go and you know you always say hey it could be like this on race day and that gives you that mental edge. But I don't do that anymore. No, no. Screw that. But it's a warm rain. <laughs> That's the thing. Is, that is I true. never think of rain as warm. I'm always like, oh, but you're going to die <laughs> like because it's so cold. <laughs> I'll train in the rain if it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. And I do, a, I've only, I do a little bit of crit racing. And mm-hmm. I've only been in, I think, two races where it was actually raining but to sarah's point i i don't get paid for this so if somebody's looking like they're not totally in control i'll back off or if i'm feeling good i know even though my team is like it's not time to jump i'll jump anyway because i'm trying to get out of that situation um but yeah i i think you should plan for every eventuality if you're if you paid for the race and you know you're going to race no matter what you have to plan, you have to think of all the good things and all the bad things that could possibly happen and prepare yourself for it. So rain is one of those things. The main thing I plan for is heat because that's mm. where mostly where I race it's, it's hot. So I, I turn up the heat in the basement oh, when really? I'm training inside and prepare myself. I tell myself it's going to suck when I get off the bike. It's going to be hotter and hotter too. That's the other problem yeah. is like, we're going to have shittier and shittier weather to race in more and more frequently 
There's no more like nice 60 degree, slightly overcast. No. Uh, Khadija, since you run a group too, and now we're getting into race season, I want to know what kind of advice you give like the people doing their first race. What's like the, is there like, I mean, you just told them to prepare for anything. Is there mm-hmm. like key advice you give them? Um, Especially for the first half of the race, stay within the, the, the zones that you've trained for mm. um, and make sure that you, you're real with how your body feels. I mean, if you're already burning up and you're still on the first lap of a two lap race, that's not a, a good space to be in. Stay right within your paces. And then the second half, if you feel good or you're willing to take a chance, you know, then then go for it. But the main thing is to understand how you feel, stay within your your with your nutrition plan and stay within the paces that, that you've you've planned for. Yeah, that's good, right? I was like, I don't Sarah, do you even remember doing your first one? How long ago was that? I do. Okay. So my fir- my first race. My advice from that is know your equipment before you race because I had I borrowed a I borrowed a road bike with like down tube shifting and I didn't nice. know how to shift the bike. Um so I had people yeah, exactly. Katina doesn't even know what down tube shifting is. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the butt you go like this. <laughs> like it's leather. like the things at the end of the aero bars on a tri bike, but they're actually on like a road bike down tube. On the frame. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I borrowed a very old bike. Let's put it that way. And I didn't know how to shift it. And I had people like yelling at me going up the hill how to shift gears. So nice. know your equipment. Don't don't do anything new in a race that you haven't done in training. Yeah. I rode a messenger bike on my first triathlon. Ooh, so I didn't I have to it. worry about shifting. Anything. So smart. That's what I needed to do. <laughs> what oh, I needed to do. How about you, like, Jocelyn? Yeah. Um, know how to change a flat tire. So my first race was a super sprint when I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. Um, and I was also on the cycling team. And the so the bike length of the tri was only seven miles. And all of my cycling teammates were like, oh, just like you don't even need your flat repair kit. That just adds weight to the bike. And of course, I get a flat tire and I'm like sitting on the side of the road, just like, I'm not even going to finish my first try. This sucks. And uh, another guy doing the longer distance race, there, there might have been an Olympic going on. He actually pulled over and was like, well, I'm not going to win this thing. And he threw me his flat repair kit. And so I was able to finish my race and I was uh, eternally grateful, but I did know how to change a flat. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say he changed it for you. No. Oh no. Oh no. The first time I got a flat tire um, on the bike team, I was riding by myself. I didn't know how to change a flat and I had to call my male teammate to rescue me. And from then on, I decided I was never going to be that damsel in distress again. So from then on, I knew how to, you know, change my own flats. But I also didn't know you're supposed to pump up your tires regularly. Mm. So I got a pinch flat. But the things you learn when you're a newbie, you know, I didn't know you needed to sight. like it didn't even occur to me that didn't like occur to me because my first one was at Santa Cruz. And I we got to the beach and I was like, oh, like, how does this, what, what, how does this work? It actually is okay, but there's a, whatever. Santa Cruz is fine because there's a pier. So you can just like look when you breathe and be like, oh, I'm by the pier. Still good. Uh, But yeah, that's always like, you know what I tell everybody though? And this is what I've learned over the last few years. Maybe you guys will agree with me because like you run a, 
you know, be a newer program. I feel like people are too scared of doing a triathlon. They're like, oh, I bike and I run and I like know how to swim, but triathlon, that's, that's like a, and I feel like I just keep telling people like, it's just exercise. Like, you know how to do all the things, just do them all together. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. I don't know, Kelly, you're telling me in Hawaii 5.0, they robbed the bank and they were able to get away with it because they were triathletes. So clearly, clearly. triathletes are exceptional. I'm just saying, <laughs> this is the actual perception people have, right? Like, they're like, whoa, whoa. I think it's the fear of open water. Mm. That's the one thing I hear from even people who are really strong athletes. They still, they're standing on the start line just having anxiety over it's true swim. i did doggy paddle that first triathlon because i'd never swum in open water before and the water was kind of brown and as soon as i stuck my face in i freaked out so it was only 200 yards though i was second to last coming out <laughs> but got through it but i definitely i doggy paddled that race because i was not used to that nasty water interesting I was saying, excuse me to people. I had never, I, I learned how to swim in open water, but I'd never swim with a bunch of people. And I accidentally like swam over something. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, they're just swimming. Let me just keep swimming. Cause she didn't hear me saying. I feel like if we can make a whole list of all the mistakes that have ever been made and then just don't make any of those again. Like the people that run out of transition with their helmet still on, or it's like on backwards, like the backwards arrow helmet. We're like running in circles around transition because you like can't figure out what to do. I've done that. Yeah. Seriously? Well, it's like I couldn't get figure out where to go or like I was stuck. Like the exits weren't yeah, marked. Yeah, like you know what I mean? I was like, where am I supposed to go? Run out. <laughs> so, or the best ever is when you like accidentally get directed. I've had this happen into like the wrong section and then you realize you have to be over there. And like the only way is and like, you know, race brain, you're like, I'll just climb this fence. As I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> I like when they're yelling like mount line, mount line, and it sounds like mountain lion. Nice. <laughs> like there's a mountain lion. See, so we're ready for the season. We're ready to go. I feel like Sarah and Khadija are ready for their race this weekend. You're I'm ready, excited. Kelly. I'm You're gonna ready. get through this. You can do it. I'm really, I'm genuinely concerned about Kelly now. Now I'm, I have this mental image of her just doing laps around the transition area. <laughs> that like happened my first race. I was like running in circles and I was like, where am I supposed to go? This is an Iron Man branded event. They're pretty fine. well marked. The only thing you have to worry about me this weekend, Sarah, is that it's like a three loop course and my hotel is right in the middle. So I will pass my hotel six times and there is a... It, Increasing possibility I will stop and get a drink as that goes on. Yeah. As long as it's not outside assistance. If someone just like sets it on the ground in front of you and you pick it up, I don't think that's outside assistance. What if you leave the course and come back where you entered? That's fine. I think that's fine. Yeah. That's allowable? I don't know. <laughs> You're not cutting the course. <laughs> You're just adding extra. You're just adding extra. I, I've heard of people having a really bad day out in the course and going yeah. into McDonald's and then mm -hmm. coming back out in the course and continuing on. So sure, why not? Sure. Go to the like, hotel. Yeah. <laughs> the low-key like cycling events we have out here, my, my husband definitely has stopped at gas stations because mm -hmm. he's like, out of food. So yeah. Oh, here's a good rookie tip. If you are gonna be taking your time, <laughs> you should know what the course cutoffs are. Yeah. I gotta tell you though, one time I was flying to some big 70.3 and you know how everyone's at the airport, you can tell like everyone's going, like they all have bike boxes. We're all standing in like the car rental line. 
and this woman's asking us doing the like, oh, what is triathlon, right? How far do you bike? How far do you run? And she goes, oh, how long does that take? Like, how long do you have? And this guy turns to me and goes, oh, I don't know. How long is it going to take you? What's the cutoff time? And I was like, bitch, I am going to beat you. I don't know what the cutoff time is. Like, <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, I got to love triathletes. I only know the cutoff for the swim is like two hours and 20 minutes. That's the no, only cutoff man, yeah. that I was very concerned with when I was a beginner. For sure. The uh, Some of them are pretty intense, actually, like. Alcatraz here, the cutoffs are pretty intense. So, I think the only time I was ever worried about the cutoff was in Pontevedra, the swim. The current was really strong. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was like, I think I I beat it by only like a minute. And as I was running through transition, I was like, did I make the cutoff? And everybody's like, just keep going. If they didn't stop you, keep going. I was like, okay, okay. Dude, I, um, I've never, I didn't know this, but like I was at Lake Placid one year, not the year... Sarah did it before that. And uh, I was running and the guy, the last guy was coming on the bike and he literally had a motorcycle behind him with a megaphone counting down, like how much, like yelling, like you have three. And the guy's like weaving on his bike and this guy's like following him behind him with like yelling through a megaphone. And I was like, that is- really That's not encouragement. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> that is terrifying. That's it's terrifying. Yeah. That is not motivating. I was like- watching it from my lap of the run. Yeah. I was like, that looks terrible. <laughs> I can see me turn around like, bruh, look, <laughs> this is not, this is not how it's going to go down. I can't, oh my gosh. That's terrible. I mean, I, hopefully he may, he looked like determined to make it. So like, well. everybody's motivated differently, I guess. Yeah. All right, Sarah, what's your random question for us this week? I feel like last week it was superheroes, right? Right. Okay, so All my right. random question is, I'm about to pack for 10 days. If weight limitations, size limitations weren't an issue, what is the one totally impractical thing that you would pack with you on a trip? Because for me, I have I have this weighted blanket. I am so oh. obsessed with my weighted blanket, but it weighs like 30 pounds. So there's no way I bring you with me to Europe, but if I could, I would. So who said books? I said books. Cause especially you're going yeah. to Germany, right? I feel yeah. like that's what always ends up happening is I like read my whole book on the plate and then I'm in a country and there are no English language books. And I end up buying some like random fucking thing. That's like the only thing in English. And this is how I read. I read like a medical memoir once. Cause I was like, well, I have a weighted blanket in the van. <laughs> I love weighted blankets. <sighs> What is the appeal of weighted blankets? I don't understand this. It's, it's just, like a warm hug. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. It just makes me sleep better. Hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It, they're yeah. amazing. I It's it's my thunder blanket. So, you know, dogs have like thunder shirts to comfort them when it's thundering. I don't actually know if this is, but like it's the weight is very comforting. Like having like 30 pounds on me. Doesn't make me feel like I'm being stifled or, you know, suffocated. It's like a big hug. Yeah. Like Jocelyn said. Okay. It's they're amazing. Amazing. I don't right. have my own, but I did get one for my child when she was small and not sleeping. But then I realized that you have to wait till they're five because it's supposedly not safe for when they're really young, even though you're trying all the tricks to get them to sleep. 
All right, but you can't pick weighted blanket, Khadija, because Sarah already picked weighted blanket. I so. can't think of anything. The only the only thing I always want to take with me that it weighs too much is actually practical, and that's my recovery boots. Uh, I was thinking about those as well. Yeah, yeah, that's totally impractical. You're never going to bring them on an airplane. Come on. Yes, that <laughs> yeah. counts. That counts. That counts, yeah, because I'd love to take them everywhere. Even if I'm not racing, I like just sitting in them. Do they, do you really feel like they work? They help me. Hmm. Yeah. I think I'm too small. Every time I've tried them, they've been too big for me. Oh. The one, I I got um Rapid Reboot and they have a small size. Hmm. So I got the smallest they have and they, they've, the hip ones I can't use because they're too big. It's like, right. yes. it's like, yeah. I actually got, I got a pair of Norma Techs, um my eighth month of pregnancy because my legs are getting swollen. Uh. And then I was, I asked my good friend, Joanna, who's an ultra runner who has them and loves them. And she's like, treat yourself now. Cause once that baby comes, all your extra money is going to go to her. And she was right. And she was right. She was right. So, all right, Jocelyn, what was your pick? Did you pick something? Well, no, I didn't. Um, I think, and this is, I think this is practical too. So... <laughs> I've been hit by a car two times while riding my bike. So I do have mm. neck problems. And so I have a special pillow that is like super cushy, but it's also flat. It's really, it's not really high. And so I do travel with that when I go on road trips because it fits in the car easier than like taking it with you onto an airplane. But yeah, it would be my special pillow for my neck. Yeah, there, there's something about bedding. So mm-hmm. I remember hearing about Team Sky used to travel or they, whatever iteration they're on now. Um, right. But th- like, I know this is fairly, you know, widespread with some of the tour teams now is that they'll bring bedding from hotel to hotel so that like you have consistent sleep with the same bedding, the same pillows, like whatever works for you. Yeah. Um, I hate, I hate sleeping in unfamiliar environments and like having my pillow would be awesome. Is the bedding the like I don't like it because I'm like convinced I'm gonna be raped and murdered, but like it's not the bedding that like <laughs> is my concern. Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. Where I will take every blanket in the place and like fold them up on top of me because it's not <laughs> enough weight. <laughs> I mean, there are some like if you go to like a nicer hotel and the bedding is nicer, then you're just like, ah. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. But then if you're like Staying at a shitty hotel or Motel Six, whatever. Thin blankets, yeah, yeah like Lump, kind of lumpy scratchy. pillows, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. just impacted by smells good. more. So I always carry around those Gain Febreze because that's the the detergent that I use, and I literally just spray everything with it because it's a familiar smell hmm. to me. And I also have candles, tiny candles that I travel with because it. I don't know. There's something about smells that just impact me more than anything. And even sometimes, like you said, the feel of the your bedding, I'll travel with a twin size sheet that's like the same thread count of what I use. So that's what's on my skin. Huh. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Well, no, clearly, no, oh, much clearly information. you guys all <laughs> feel this way. BMI. But yeah. I apparently am the only one who doesn't feel this way. So <laughs> apparently, yeah. apparently this is a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. sleep is key when you, yeah. when you travel and not, yeah. And I'm a travel bum. If I, I think the only thing that keeps me at home is the fact that I have kids. Maybe that's why I was gifted so many because I would literally, <laughs> I would literally be a travel bum if, if I didn't have kids. You, you would be in a white van parked yes. on the side of the road. Yeah. Like you will be <laughs> this weekend. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Well, <laughs> If if we have any listeners who are going to Chattanooga, definitely come say hi to us or more obey. Uh, otherwise, we cannot wait to recap everything with you next week. Thank you so much for listening to If We We're Riding, and we look forward to catching up with you next week. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.